Jesus. It's all right to clap. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. That's biblical. Clap your hands, all you people. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Our kids are dismissed to their classes at this moment. I know Minister Hector told you to sit down, but I'm going to ask you to stand up. Praise God. But at least you got two seconds of rest. Hallelujah. As you're standing, would you open your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We are, we are back in our, our series, Church Function, Church Function, in the, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As I was thinking about this, this sermon and in preparation, I thought about, you know, whenever we, you know, have purchased things, right, that... They say, assembly required. (laughs) And usually there's this beautiful picture or you saw it, you know, in a display and you're like, man, I want that. And then you get the box and it looks nothing like that in the box. And and then they have this special paper called instructions. (laughs) They're called instructions. But I don't even know, like sometimes I, I read the instructions and I'm like, wh- wh- who wrote these instructions? <laughs> but usually, usually they're pretty good about telling you what tools you need in order to build the thing that you're wanting to build. And this morning we're going to talk about gifts that build. That's what we're going to talk about today in chapter 12 of the book of 1 Corinthians. So I hope you're there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. When you got it, say so. So. And it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Lord, we thank you for the picture that we don't see clearly or fully, but you do. We thank you for the instructions that we have that are clear, and sometimes when they're not clear, your spirit is there to clarify for us. We thank you, God, for the tools that you give us to build your church. We humble ourselves before you in this moment, and we ask that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to your church. God, remove distractions from our minds. 
Lord, I pray that you wouldn't just move distractions, but I pray that you would in this moment instantly uproot every ideology that doesn't align with yours in regards to the topic we're going to talk about. Father, whether they were the way that we were raised, the way that we think things should be, whether they are false teachings that we have accepted as true, Lord, liberate our minds from those hindrances, from your truth, your word, penetrating the depths of our hearts, God, and empowering us to serve you more faithfully. We thank you for this, God, and we pray all of this in the strong name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you need an outline, you can raise your hand, and the ushers will be sure to get you an outline. Want to be sure you're able to follow along in the introduction, and hopefully you will take some notes that will go with you beyond Sunday morning, but will go with you throughout your week, and, and the hope is that you'll grow, right? The, the reason why we're in the book of 1 Corinthians is because 1 Corinthians is a picture of the church. In, in reality, through all generations, in the sense that we're all a mess. Hello. The church has never been a pretty place, right? And we, we see Acts, right? And you're like, well, Bishop, what about the book of Acts? Yeah, it was pretty. And then you get to like chapter 6, and all of a sudden you see the fighting that isn't so pretty. Right, because you know some widows were getting more uh, than other widows, and so they, they, wherever there's people, right, like they, there's going to be a mess. That that, that just happens. I, you know, uh, you've heard the saying before: if you find a perfect church, don't join it because you'll mess it up. Hello, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I, it, I mean, it's you know, it's the, the the truth, right? Is that we 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 have to realize that 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 being a disciple of Jesus Christ is messy. Only God is perfect, only God is 100% pure, only God has all of the answers, but we are a mess, and we bring our mess together, but you know what, we're not supposed to be afraid of the mess, hello. We're supposed to be grateful to God because he has given us the remedy to that, and that is us submitting to his spirit, submitting to his word, aligning ourselves to him, and walking in the ways that he would have for us to walk with him. And so, like I said, this morning I'm going to be speaking on the topic, Gifts That Build. And so if you, look at, if you look at your outline there, each of us is a part of a divine plan that involves the building of a dwelling place for God, the building of a family, and the building up of the body. Hear, hear me. Each of us, not that there is not one person, if you are in this place, no matter your age, no matter what stage you are in life, you are, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a part of this plan. If you're not a follower, I want to give you good news. He wants you to be part of the plan. Hello. In his mind, right, he, I mean, God, God desires that you would submit your heart to him and that you would join the building project that God is doing, which is building his church. Building the dwelling place where his presence comes. Building the family that he died and rose for. And, and building up the body of Christ. That's building up each of us. Each of us, hear me now, each of us is significant to this plan. And the process will be incomplete without your participation. Each of you that is in this place, that is listening online, if you are part of the body of Christ, you, your participation is vital to what it is that God is doing. And if you're not there, then things are going to be missing. Here's the problem. 
The problem is too many of us either A, have a plan of our own. Come on now. I just told you the, I just told you the, 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 the story of, of, I mean, how, how, don't raise your hand, but how many of you have, have purchased that thing that required assembly and you were like, I see the picture and I'm going to do it my way. Forget those instructions, right? I was, literally, I, was li- I was literally part of doing a renovation in a house. This is scary to even say this, but I was part of doing a renovation in a house, and when we came to the, to the part of putting on the shower doors, right, these shower doors, I mean, beautiful doors, but they were a pain, hello. And their instructions, because there's some, there's some detail that is involved. And the person who I was putting the, the shower doors up with didn't even want to look at the instructions. And I'm like, are you crazy? Because he had a plan of his own. His plan would have failed miserably, and we would have ended up going back to the paperwork again to try to, we did that, right? <laughs> And so it, it, it is important. And, 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 and here's the thing. Then, then, then you go from the place where it's like, you know, you see the plan. I don't really need that. I can figure this out. I'm a smart. I've been there, done that. So then you have your own plan. Then what you do because you can't really figure it out is you're like, I'll skim the plan. Let me just, let me just look at Okay, I got to get this. I, I need this. That's the problem. I didn't have that tool, right? Like that's what it is. And then we go back, and then and then this, in, in a disgruntled way, we decide, let me read the thing from the beginning so I can do it right, right? Wasted five hours trying to figure it out on your own. You could have you been done in two hours, right? Instead, you want to be there for ten. Come on now. And so, again, it is important that we, that we, re- we, we can't have our own plan, right? We have our own ideas of what we think church should be. We have our own ideas of how things should be run. We have our own ideas. And, and I say we. I didn't say you. We, right? We, we have our own ideas. But God has a, has a plan. He's laid out for us the instructions. Like I prayed, we don't know exactly what this is supposed to look like, but we have, we have an idea enough, but we know the instructions are crystal clear. And if we follow the instructions the way that he's given us the the instructions, then we will see what he has planned and what he has purposed. The other thing is, if we don't have our own plan, some of us are just uninterested in participating in this project because we have other things going on. We have other stuff in our life that is more important or takes precedent over what it is that God is doing, or, or we believe that there's someone else who can do it. Oh, they can do that. They, 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 they can figure this out. They don't need me. I really, we're going to talk about that next week more in detail. But we have this idea. But here's the question. You're, you're still in your outline now. The question is this. Whose plan is running your life? Whose plan is running your life? Is it your plan? Is it the plan that you figured out? You decided, I, I'm gonna, this, this looks like the best way to go. This is how I'm going to live my life. This is what I'm going to do. Is it your, maybe, maybe it's the plan your parents had for you. Come on. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's the plan that, that, that somebody in your life spoke to you and said, this is the way that you should go. But no, that, that's not the plan that we should be following. We should be following the divine plan. Because the divine plan always works. The divine plan never fails. And so we want to be sure that we are on this, we are, we are running our lives according to a divine plan, not our own. I want you to think about this this morning. We have been gifted to serve an agenda that began before us and will outlast us. Think about that for a moment. 
You and I have been gifted. We're talking about gifts today. You and I have been gifted. We have been gifted to serve an agenda, not man's agenda. We have been given gifts to serve an agenda, and that agenda began before us. Before we were thought of in our parents' minds, before our parents were thought of in their parents' minds, but there was one who always had us in mind. Before we began physically, we were already in the mind and the plans and the purposes of God to accomplish his will. And here's a beautiful thing. When we breathe our last on this earth, what God is building will outlast us. That's a beautiful thing to be part of. I don't know about you. But I'm excited to be a part of something that I don't have to make up as I start living my life, that I don't have to figure out on my own. I can join the plan that God has. I can be part of that, and I can know, man, this thing is, this thing is solid. Listen, they've been trying to stop Christianity since its birth. As a matter of fact, they've been trying to stop Christianity from the moment of the resurrection. Think about this. Jesus died, rise again. What are the Pharisees? And the, the Pharisees are like, hey, guess what? We're going to pay you to lie and say his disciples came and took his body. Because we can't let this movement. Now, mind you, it wasn't called Christianity then, right? We, we can't let this movement around the Messiah actually continue. And guess what? Here we are 2,000-something years later, <laughs> and we're still rejoicing. We're still singing about the power of our God about the power of the resurrection of Jesus. So I want to ask you to repeat this after me. Say, the master builder, the master builder invites, us invites us to know, to know the, spirit the spirit of his plan. The master builder invites us to know the spirit of his plan. So look at chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 here. And, 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 and just to go back before we read, uh, as we talked about a few, a few a couple months ago now, when we finished off in chapter 11, we, we were talking about the Apostle Paul's answering of the questions that he had received from the Corinthians. So it was like a, a long-distance Bible study, if you will. And so the Apostle Paul is getting, receiving. There's letters that are going back and forth. And it's not like our days where you shoot a text and, you know, right away there's a response or something like that. Or they just leave you on red, you know, whatever it is. Hello. That never happens to anyone in this place. And we never do that. I know. We're very good with that. But anyway, nonetheless, moving on, I, I digress. But um, it, wasn't, it wasn't like that. It, was, it wasn't so easy to communicate. You couldn't just shoot an email and someone respond to you within a few. No, there's a letter that's being communicated. And the Apostle Paul is responding back to the people at Corinth. He's responding to this church, to the questions that they have. And so they've talked about things sacrificed to idols. They've talked about communion. They've talked about marriage, right? They've talked about these are the questions that the Apostle Paul has already answered. And now he comes to a transitional point where he is going to deal with, for the next three chapters, this topic of the spiritual gifts. And the first thing he says here to them is this. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, first of all, family. He's, he wants to drive home the fact we're speaking to family. This is a family conversation, right? We always have to keep that in mind. And, and, and the reason why I want to point that out is because we, we, we read the scriptures in a weird way, right? We think the Bible is all about us. No, let me say it like this. We think the Bible is all about me. 
And we don't realize the Bible is about we. The Bible is about the family of God. And so when the Apostle Paul is writing, he is writing as a spiritual father to his children in the faith and also to his brothers and sisters in the faith. And he's saying to them, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, family, I do not want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be unaware. I don't want you not to understand these gifts, right? And I want you to know that this right here is a distinctive for many churches. This, this, this topic right here, these three chapters right here, I mean, there's a lot of things that divide churches, but this is one of them that really divides churches, right? And, and, and so I think it's important for you to know you're sitting at core faith, and most of you know that, but some of you are newer, and so you need to know that we believe what the Bible teaches on the spiritual gifts, and just like the Apostle Paul, I don't want anybody to be ignorant of, of what it is that the Bible teaches on spiritual gifts. Now, again, we all have different backgrounds, right? We all have different experiences, and some of those experiences with spiritual gifts may be positive. And we're like, man, we need more of that stuff in here. That may be some, right, that are in the room. And then, there, and then there's others in the room that are like, hold on a second, let's not go too far. Like, hit the brakes now. Hold up. Y'all, 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 y'all went over, you got 30 minutes singing. I don't know. We're, we, might, we might get too loose, right? I'm just saying, right? So, it, you know, it's, it's that tension, right? Like, 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 we all have different experiences. But, but listen, and this is why I prayed as I prayed. We need to let our experiences pale and bow to the scriptures. We, we need to look at what the scriptures are teaching on this and say, okay, God, this is what you have communicated, and nothing has changed. I can't find another, I can't find a scripture anywhere, right? And, you, and, and listen, I encourage you not to be, uh, you know, contentious or anything like that, but, but I encourage you as we study this, if you're one of those who's like, yo, hit the brakes a little bit, and, and, and you're uncomfortable, this is my, this is my encouragement. Go through the scriptures, the New Testament scriptures, and find the scripture that nullifies what we're going to read and, t and t speak on for the next three chapters, right? Because it's important, right? It's, I'm not the authority, right? The tradition we come from is not the authority. It's the word of God that is the authority, Right, and so we want. So we don't want to be ignorant to the gifts. We don't want to be unaware of these gifts. And again, when 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 we look at the packaging of the thing that we buy, right, that we're going to build, well, it tells us what tools are necessary. Hear me now. And the way that the the body of Christ is built, the way that the family of God is built, it is through specific tools that are not natural tools. They are supernatural tools. They're tools that are beyond this realm, right? They come from the greater one than all of us, which is God himself. That's how God builds his church. There's nothing to be afraid of, right? God knows what he's doing, does he not? Okay. So the apostle says, I don't want you to be ignorant of these things. And then he says to them, he says, you know that you were Gentiles, carried about to these dumb idols, <laughs> however you were led. I, I, I don't know, if, that, that makes me laugh when I read that. You're carried about by these dumb idols. He, was, he, he wasn't worried about, you know, he wasn't mincing words, right? He wasn't worried about offending someone because of their past. Well, in the past, they used to worship idols, and they were moved by those idols, even though those idols, in the, in, in the, in the idea of being dumb, they didn't speak. They were deaf. They were mute idols. They, they had no power, right? 
Like Elijah when he goes up to the top of Mount Carmel and he brings all the prophets of Baal and he challenges them and he says, hey, check this out. You guys have been lying to Israel for all of these years, so we're going to do a little thing here. We're, we're, we're going to display which God is which. And so what we'll do is we will go ahead and we will, you guys do whatever you want to do. You, you, can, you, you bring your sacrifice and whichever God answers by fire, we will know that that is the one true God. And you guys know the story. They're up there, the prophets of Baal. They're doing, they're doing dances. <laughs> they're cutting themselves. They're yelling. They're screaming. They're, 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 they're doing everything they can to make Baal respond. <laughs> and Elijah's like, is he taking a nap? <laughs> Maybe he's on vacation. I don't know what's going on, right? And then, and then he, he left them all red. <laughs> He'll get back to you on that, right? And then Elijah's like, okay, you guys done? So check this out. Let's wet this up real good. Let's make sure that, this, that let's make sure there is no way that I could kick something and make a spark hit that and make it no. We're gonna make sure that this is sopped up nice and wet, and then we're gonna call on the God of heaven. And he calls on the God of heaven, and fire comes down and dries everything up. And then they knew. Elijah's like, stop vacillating. Stop, stop being between two opinions. Serve the one true God. And so the apostle Paul is saying, those dumb, deaf idols that don't respond, the, I don't know how you guys were led by them, but somehow you were. It's like us, right? Before we came to Jesus, dead things were leading us all the time. We were, we were moved by things that weren't giving us life. They were taking life from us. And so we, how, why, how, what, were, what, 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 was the, what was so great about that that it moved us toward that, that type of worship? And when you think of worship just for a moment, don't, don't just think about bowing down or singing songs because you ain't got to bow down and sing songs to bow to an idol in our days. Whatever you give your time to, whatever you give your talent to, whatever you give your, your existence to, that's the thing we worship. And so nonetheless, the Apostle Paul, he is writing here and he is communicating to them. He's saying, however you were led by these idols, he says, therefore, I make known to you, and I love this, this is so important, that you, that, that you know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I want, you to, I want you to know this. It is important that we keep this in mind when we think about the gifts of the Spirit. Abuse of something biblical doesn't give permission for its dismissal. Are you here? Abuse of something biblical doesn't give a reason for you to dismiss it. Right? And so what the Apostle Paul is pointing out here, and it's funny because 
Someone didn't know that the Lord was using them at a moment to help me with this sermon because when you look back, right, at this, at this time, there were pagans, right, who were doing rituals and they were worshiping. And guess what used to happen? And if, you, and if you've been listening, you know, if you're part of that group that's like hit the brakes a little bit, you've probably been hearing things about a Candelini spirit and you've been hearing about how, you know, people speaking in tongues, that that's really a demonic manifestation and all of that kind of stuff. If you, if you haven't heard that this is your first time I'm sorry but anyway but the reason why they bring that up is because they're what they're in listen Satan is a counterfeiter are you here Satan is a counterfeiter and so what happens is in these pagan rituals guess what happens the the, the demonic manifestations cause people to speak unintelligible languages under the inspiration of a spirit that was then that's now as well so when this person comes up to me and they're telling me about this I'm like wow man that's that's still true that's still, that, that's a reality. Why, why, why would Satan want to counterfeit? Well, 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 number one, because he wants you to think that you've arrived. Because of this manifestation. Oh, you got a manifestation. That, that, that's what we're seeking, right? We're seeking manifestation. Isn't that what the church is supposed to seek? Isn't that what we're, we're supposed to seek manifestations? Wait, 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 wait. We're not supposed to seek manifestations. We are supposed to be seeking a person. We are supposed to be seeking the one who died and rose again. And so again, these, these demonic manifestations, guess what they also did under the inspiration of these demons? They would prophesy. They still do that today. They, they tell you your future. They speak things that nobody knows. And all of a sudden we are awed and amazed because somebody spoke something that they could never know unless they were there. Okay, so Jesus, I mean, so, so the Apostle Paul, he comes and he says this, which is extremely, extremely important. Again, I said the master builder invites us to know the spirit of his plan. He says again, focusing on verse 3, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. See, here, 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 here's what I, want, I, I, I think that we have to understand, is that our faith, our religion, is not about manifestations. Our faith, our religion is about a message. It is about this gospel and the only way that anyone can say that Jesus is Lord is by the Spirit of God. The only way that someone comes to faith in God is by the Spirit of God. And, and, and as I was standing there in worship thinking through this, I, I, want, you to, I want you to understand this. I could, I, and, and I say this with sincerity and, and respect for all my brothers and sisters, wherever you are on the whole spiritual gift spectrum, I could care less if someone ever spoke in a tongue again. My heart is that every knee would bow to the understanding that Jesus Christ died. He ripped the power and authority from Satan. He destroyed 
destroyed the kingdom of darkness's authority in your life and that there is no reason why you need to walk defeated and beat down by sin because the Bible says that Jesus is the one who was dead and now is alive. He is the one who has the keys of hell and death and what the church has to grasp is that we need to be declaring Jesus is Lord. That is what the gospel is about. It is that Jesus came to rescue, to deliver, to set the captives free. That is the manifestation that I want. I want people to come to the realization that there is a God who really lived, who really walked, who really died, and who really rose again, and who is really sitting on a throne in glory, and he is calling us to repentance of sin so he can give us new life and liberty. You see, when, 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 I read, when I read the text, I'm like, man, where does the, where's the gospel in this? And the Lord is like, the gospel is right there. That is the crux of what this is all about. It's not about some manifestation of some gift. It is about the gift. It is about the liberator. And, we, and listen, we walk around in the church sometimes like, man, we don't know God's powerful. Like, like, like we hope God delivers our loved one from a drug addiction. Hold on a second. Do you know the God who died and rose for them? Oh, no, no, no. Do you know the God who died and rose for them? He has the keys. You, you, you know what keys are, right? <laughs> keys are the, are the access point. So guess what? He shuts the door on the powers of hell, on the power of death when you submit to the gospel. This is what he does. See, see, I don't know. I, I don't. You, you know, you 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 might have had some pretty conversion. I don't know what your story is. I don't know how you came to Jesus. I know that I was a mess, and I I stand here today as a testimony to the power of the gospel. Jesus is Lord. See, when we make that declaration, we're saying we, we, understand that we, we understand that even though we were sinners separated from him because of our sin, on our way to, a, to, to an eternity separated, experiencing eternal torment, even though we were there and there was no hope for us, we couldn't deliver ourselves from that. We know Jesus died, but he didn't just die. He rose. See, church, that makes all the difference in the world. We serve a living Savior. We serve a living God. He doesn't leave us on red. Hello. He, see, he sees us. He hears us. Now, he may tell you, go back and read. Come on now. Right? He may tell us, man, you need to get back in this book. You need to see my power. You need to see who I am. You need to see my will. You need to walk in. Listen, there is nothing, I, and, I, and I, I'm going to move on to the next point. But here's the thing we have to understand. There is no stronghold in your life that God is not powerful enough to, dis, to destroy. That is what Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Second thing I'm going to ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, the master builder is fully engaged in the building plan. The master builder is fully engaged in the building plan. Now, here's, here's, what, I, here's what I absolutely love about the God that we serve, is that he doesn't go ahead and do his part and then say, okay, I did my part, now you go and do yours. That isn't what he does. Jesus tells his disciples what? It'll be good when I go because then the Father will send the promise, the Holy Spirit 
the paraclete, the one who will come beside you, the encourager, the helper, the one who will give you strength, the one who will lead you into all truth, right? That's what, that's what Jesus communicates. In other words, God is not done, right? When, when Jesus dies and rises again, God continues his work. As you read here in the text, I love this, the, 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 um, verse 4, it says this. It says, there are diversities of gifts or different or distinct distributions. I like that interpretation. Distinct distributions of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministry, ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities but it is the same God who works all in all. You see the Godhead? You see God the Spirit? You see God the Lord Jesus? And you see God the Father are all working together in tandem. Diversity, different functions, but they are working together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit working together in this building plan. He doesn't leave us to ourselves. In these verses, we see a beautiful picture of the unity within the Godhead. And we can be sure, and, and we can know this, even though the doctrine of the Trinity hadn't been fully fleshed out at the time the Apostle Paul was writing this, we know that Old Testament to New Testament, we see the triune God that is being revealed there, the Godhead being revealed. And the Apostle Paul made no, it wasn't a mistake that he just accidentally penned these words. But he intentionally writes these words to us so we can see the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are unified in the work of building the church. And here's why this is so important for us. Because the gifts of the Spirit that we're going to talk about in a moment, the gifts of the Spirit should not be a point of contention or something that divides us. Like I said in the other point that was up there, listen, just because something has been abused doesn't mean that we dismiss it. Right? Because there, because there are, there are, there, there, there's abuse of gifts, right? And so many people are just like, hey, we're just going to stay safe, so we'll stay away from that. But let me ask you a question, right? Do you think that there's abuse of teaching? Do we just stay away from that? No, right? We still want people to teach us. We still want to teach the word of God. But we're instructed to do that. We're, we're given gifts to do that. And so, again, we can't just ignore these things, but we have to look at this. So the, the gifts, they should bring unity to the body of Christ. So here, here, here's this. Our gifts should not be the cause of division or pride or feelings of insignificance. On the contrary, we should see ourselves as unique, important pieces to a puzzle that are being molded to fit God's agenda, his building plan for his church. See, a lot of people, we get proud, right? Oh, I have this gift. I have that gift. And we get puffed up about that stuff. That shouldn't be what happens. Or, and we'll talk about this more next week, or, oh, I don't have that gift. I don't have that gift. I really don't matter. No. We should see, wait a second, I am, I am part of the body of Christ. I have gifts that are important to the church to build the church the way that God desires for his church to be built. The third thing I'll ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, the master builder, the master builder. equips us according to his plan. Now, let's look at the gifts. You guys have been dying for me to get here. We're here now. Verse 7, but the manifestation, 
And, and, and if, you, if, if you're a person that is okay writing in your Bible, you can, you can highlight that, right? But, but uh, um, that word manifestation. But I want, you, I want you to write in there a little note and say display. The display, the, man of, the display of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, the, the manifestation, the, unve- the unveiling, the revealing of something, right? But, 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 but what, what I want you to hear the Apostle Paul saying is that God wants to display himself through you. Think about that. God, the gifts of the Spirit are a piece of the manifestation of God that when, 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 when someone sees the gift in you, they are seeing the display of God's glory. Oh, that's so good. You, you, little old you, yeah. Little old me. Nothing. We're no, in comparison to God, what are, we're nothing. And he chooses us and he gives us gifts so he can display himself through us to others. That's mind-blowing to me. That he wants us to real. The manifestation is given to each one of us for what? For the profit, for the benefit of, other, of others, not just me. It, I, I don't get a manifestation so I can look in the mirror and be like, yo, that thing is manifesting. Like, like, I'm going to build myself up. Like, I, like, like man, I, I got this gift. I got, no, wait a second. It is, it is, it is so others can, can be impacted, so others can be encouraged, so others can be built up, so others can be loved, so others can experience the display of God's power and God's glory on this earth, that God is still moving, that God is still alive. That, that's the reason the, that the Apostle Paul says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the profit of all. Here's what I want you to understand. Every born-again follower of Jesus Christ has been given at least one gift. Listen, there's some people that are multi-talented, multi-gifted. They have multiple things that they can do, and sometimes that makes us jealous. That Whatever. It's, listen, you shouldn't be jealous of anyone. Praise God. That's what we do. We praise the Lord, right? I, I had a friend of mine. He was, he was on Facebook. I, the guy is a phenomenal drummer. Phenomenal drummer. And I knew that he plays guitar and he leads worship, right? So I knew those two things about him. So then he posts in his reel, he's playing piano and he's leading worship. I'm like, bro, you couldn't leave the piano to me? Come on, man. <laughs> you got to come and play that too? Come on. You know, anyway, you, you, you see people with, with multiple gifts. And listen, but what I'm saying is this. You may not be the one that has five, two, three gifts, but you have one. You have one. And, 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 and we have to understand that God gives them to us, right, so that way he's, that, that we, we, we can be part of the building plan. And here's what I want you to see is that while God desires to display himself through each of us, he is not giving any of us a right to boast but an ability to serve his people and his purpose. Amen. He gives us this manifestation. Again, it's not for me, myself, and I. He gives us this manifestation because he wants to build his church through these gifts. And listen, in, 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 the, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that is only one place where we see a list of the gifts that are there. 
You have Romans chapter 12. There's a list of giftings that the Apostle Paul writes there. You have Ephesians chapter 4. There's another gift of list, uh, 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 another list of giftings that are written there for us. You have 1 Peter, who uh, I think is chapter 3 maybe, maybe chapter 5, I'm not sure. But 1 Peter, uh, the Apostle Peter, speaks about different gifts. And so when you put them all together... What we have is 19, 21 gifts. It depends on how you would list them. You, you keep going down like we will next week, and you see that there's some gifts, gifts that are listed in the bottom that are not listed in the first list that Paul makes. So what does this tell us? This tells us that the, the list in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 or any list that we have in the New Testament is not meant to be exhaustive. In other words, it doesn't mean that these are the only gifts. And there's things that are weird, right, that are in those gifts, gifts there, like the gift of giving. Hello. <laughs> You'd be like, well, I didn't get that gift, so I'm not giving. That's, that, that's not right. <laughs> that's not the right attitude, right? Like, like we give because we have been given, right? Like that's what we do. We don't, we don't give because we have to give. We give because we're grateful that we've received, right? Like that's the motivation. It's not because you're worried about a curse. It's because you want to bless the Lord, right? However, however, while we are all called to give, there are certain people who have been gifted with the gift of giving. And, and, man, and God blesses them so they can be extravagant givers. And God can use them to be blessed. Anyway, I, I point that out because you would think, that's supernatural? Come on, man. Y'all know how, how, how people don't want to give. You know that's supernatural. Hello. <laughs> not, not everybody has been rocked by the gospel, right, to where they're like, man, I just want to give my whole life, right? Like, not, not that, that, you know, that, it's like the story that my pastor used to tell of the soldiers who, you know, came to faith in God. They got baptized, and when they got baptized, they kept their swords up in the air when they were baptized, right? They got baptized, kept their swords up in the air. Why they do that? He's like, because my heart, my life, everything belongs to God. My sword belongs to Rome. Some of us do that with our wallets anyway. Hallelujah. I'm going to move on because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, right? The point is that it would seem like, how is that supernatural? What about the gift of administration, right? The gift of leadership, right? These are gifts that are written out there. Those seem natural. What about the gift of helps? Service. Like, is that supernatural? Yes, yes. The apostle Paul says yes, so I have to say yes. These gifts that they may seem like they would just be natural things that people have. Well, maybe there's some people that have that, but here's the thing. There are supernatural endowments that God gives to his people for the profit of all, for the, for, for the benefit of all, right? You see in the book of Acts when, when people were talking about the gift of giving a moment ago, I mean, in all seriousness, you see that there were some people, right, like Barnabas, right, you see Barnabas, he gives, chapter 4, he gives, he sells a house and he's, he's encouraged and, you know, and, 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 and spoken about and then Ananias and Sapphira, they see that, they try to like mimic the gift, they end up getting killed because they were lying, hello? They didn't have to give anything, right? They, they didn't have to give anything extravagantly like that. But nonetheless, there was a, there's a supernatural component to the things that we do. There's a spiritual gift that God gives each and every one of us. So let's look at these gifts. Again, this is not to be seen as an exhaustive list. I just want to touch on them. So he goes on, he says, verse 8, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. So he, he says 
to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the Spirit. One translation says, to one is given the message of wisdom, the message of knowledge. And so what is this? Here's, 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 here's what this is. This is wisdom or knowledge that you didn't possess by reading a book. You, you didn't get on your own. You didn't hear it from someone else. This is something that is a download from the Lord, and half the time, let me, say, let me say this because this happens to me, half the time, you don't even know that that gift is manifesting. Sometimes you're just talking to someone, and as you're, you're speaking, and you're, you're saying things, and it's, it's, it seems just normal to you. It wasn't like you had an epiphany where God came down from heaven and was like, here is a word of wisdom. No. Sometimes you're just talking and the Spirit of God is just speak. Listen, that's why we have to be filled with the Spirit so God could use us as he wants. Now, there, now there's some moments, right, where, where, where I know God is speaking. I know that God is giving me knowledge or giving me wisdom that I don't have and I don't possess of myself. There's some times that I know that, but I would say at least at least 75% of the time I'm, I'm clueless. And it's happening. God is just speaking, right? God is, that's what God, he's communicating Right? For the benefit. Of, it's not for me to be like, oh, man, I got a word of wisdom. Y'all need to listen to me because I got something really important to say. It's not that. It's not that at all. He goes on. He says, for the one is given the word of wisdom, the one is given um, through the spirit to another the word of knowledge, through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit. One of my teachers in Bible college, he, he, he expressed one time, he experienced the gift of faith. He said he was, he was a, a lifeguard at a particular camp, and he said that there were some kids that were out there. They were playing on a dock in, that, that was like in, in the middle of the water, and one of the kids, he heard from where he was, he heard the kid's leg break. And he said immediately when he heard the leg break, he just felt inside of himself, get there and pray for him. There was no doubt. Jumped in the water, swam over there, laid hands on the kid. Miraculously, the kid's leg healed. Instantly. Gift of faith. Mixed with a, a, a working of miracles, I would say. Right? See, and that's the other thing, too, with these gifts, right? Like, there's some overlap in them. Like, you know, I could really get, like, really technical and be like, well, wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. And, but, man, all of that stuff gets, it's, it's, it's all mixed up, right? Like, again, it's, 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 there's overlap there. We're supposed to operate together, but some people, God gives them that gift of faith, gives them the ability. You may be that person, and you may, and you may get frustrated sometimes, right? When you, you know that you know that you know. You know something that, that it seems like no one else knows, right? And then, and, and then, and then you try to share it with people, and they kind of look at you funny. They, they, they try to be spiritual for a moment, right? Like, Don't be mad. <laughs> Don't think you're better than them because you have this faith. Praise God for it. Use it to, as the spirit leads to, to pray things into the kingdom or out of the kingdom, I should say. To pray things into this earth, right? I mean, like that, again, the gift of, of faith. And so he goes on, he says, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith by the same spirit to another, the gifts of healings. I want you to know it, that's not like a mistake, but it is, it is plural. 
And so, and so some scholars, as they write on this, they're like, well, you know, this could be that there are different gifts for different diseases that God gives to different individuals. So like God may give a gift for the healing of cancer, the healing of whatever, you know, different diseases that people have. That, that's one interpretation. The other one is he gives the gifts of healing as he manifests them. But nonetheless, they're gifts that God gives in order to do what? In order to bring healing to people's lives. Let me say something to you. Here, here, here's, the, here's the problem. The problem is you have a gift of healing. You want to have a mega ministry. Hello. What, what, what about if God just wants you, he doesn't want you to have a microphone. He just wants you to minister to people. What about that? I never forget one day we were in church. We, it, was, it was in the old building, and I didn't know this, but there was um, somebody whose kidneys were hurting, it was, and, and they, they, were, they were in pain. They didn't have insurance, and one of the ladies from the church, she came up to me that morning as we came out of prayer, and she was like, Bishop, I feel like we need to lay hands on him. And as soon as we laid hands on him, right, I mean, he starts bawling, and she didn't know. I, you know, I didn't even know, and he knew. Hello, and guess who knew? He knew. Lays hands on him, she comes out, he comes out, he's like, man, I'm fine. No more pain. She didn't have a microphone. She wasn't going to get up and say, okay, everybody who's sick, come here right now. Maybe it wasn't for everybody in the room at that moment. Listen, what I'm saying is God manifests his gifts the way that he wants for the profit of all, for the benefit of all. So you may be sitting in your seat. Listen, you may see someone that you see is sick and you sense inside of yourself, man, I want to lay hands. Man, get up and lay hands on them. Don't be fearful. Let, you don't have to be. Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy, I, that, that, that's, that, that's our music director. He's the one that they prayed for anyway. But listen, <laughs> Hector doesn't have to be on the keyboard playing that nice melody that you just feel the Holy Ghost in order for you to feel like, okay, I feel the Spirit. No, listen, if, if God, God wants to display himself through you, wherever, whenever, he wants to use you for his glory. To another, he says, the working of miracles. Again, I gave you an example of the working of miracles. It's things that are beyond there. There's no explanation. Again, the workings of mir- the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another prophecy. Speaking forth on behalf of God. Again, there's overlap with the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom here. But you, you have have you ever been have you ever been praying? And you just felt like you, you had something to share with someone? Never happened to you? You ever been driving? <laughs> someone comes to your mind and you feel like, man, there's something I got to share. I mean, that God wants to speak again. You don't have to get behind a pulpit in order for God to display himself through you. God, listen, we serve a God who is alive. He's not deaf, and he still speaks. Hello? Now listen, he is never going to speak something that contradicts his word. Are you here? He is never going to speak something that cannot be supported in the scriptures. And so if someone comes telling you God told me this and this and this and it don't align, it don't don't pass the smell test, be like, I'll pray about that. (laughs) Listen, the Bible Bible says to test prophecy. It doesn't say just be like, well, you're, you know, you're a Christian, so you must have a word from the Lord, even though that doesn't bear witness, that doesn't sound like God, has nothing to do with me, but okay, no. God isn't crazy and disorganized. 
Listen, let me, let, let, me give you, let, let me give you the rule that I use whenever I feel like God might be speaking to me for someone to someone. I don't ever come to them and say, hey, thus says the Lord. I just come to them and I say, listen, I really feel like I need to share this with you. You take this to the Lord. You pray about it. And other times, I may feel like God is speaking, and I don't even say anything about any, anything like that. I just share what it is that I sense the Lord is saying, and then that's it. I don't have to make it a whole big spiritual moment like, oh, my goodness. Come on. We need to tremble before God's presence. We cannot be walking around talking about, thus says the Lord. Wait, God may have not said anything. To another, the discerning of spirits. You remember when the Apostle Paul, I think it was Acts chapter 16, he, he, they come into a town, and when they come into a town, there's this demon-possessed girl that keeps pointing to them and saying, these are men from God, and they're telling you about the things of it. Remember that story? Wouldn't that sound like that? That sounded like a promotion from the Lord, wouldn't it? <laughs> promotion by, I mean, like God is promoting them, saying, hey, listen to these guys. But the, but, but the Bible says that Paul was agitated in his spirit, and he, caught, and he cast the demon out of the girl. That was the discerning of spirits in operation. And you may be that person. Listen, this is not, and ladies, I love you, but this is not women's intuition. Not, that's not what I'm talking about. Maybe he's given women this gift in, you know, in a particular way, but that's not, that's, that's not, that's, that, that, that's not like this, just this hunch that I have. As, no. This is, this is the spirit of God showing you this is God, this is not. This bears witness. This does not. So again, the discerning of spirits. To another, the one you guys are waiting for me to get to, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Now listen, I said earlier that I don't, it doesn't matter to me if people speak in tongues ever again, that I want people to have the revelation of God. That doesn't mean that I dismiss the reality of, of tongues. This morning, I was up here in the presence of God, speaking in tongues. Nobody in this room knew that. I didn't interrupt the service because I, I didn't have an interpretation of it. There wasn't something coming out that I didn't know, okay, this is what God is, but I, I know the Spirit of the Lord was there. As I was, as, as I was, as I was engaging with him that way. But here's the thing. Not everybody is going to speak in tongues. Right? Some people are going to do that. Other people will not. Now listen, just to be clear, this is not some gibberish repeating some like same word, one syllable type thing. I don't think that that's tongues. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not here to judge anybody's manifestation of that or whatever. But when I look at tongues in the scriptures, you and I may not understand what is being said, but they are intelligible languages to someone. And it may be angelic languages. We'll get there, chapter 14. But nonetheless, they are in, they, they, it's not just, right? And I listen, again, I don't want to go too far into that. But what I want you to know is that it's not something you learn. Come on. I, I remember being in a, in a, I, I, I was in a youth ministry, and I was, not, I was not privy to this particular youth event. But in the youth event, you know, they called the young people forward, and they said, hey, if you've never spoken in tongues, come forward. And so, you know, some of the kids went forward. They had never spoken in tongues before, and they wanted to experience that. And then when they came to the front, he said, repeat after me. I don't, I don't, I don't ever see that in the scriptures. <laughs> tongues are not something that are taught. There are something that is given. 
by the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. God gives those. I don't turn them on and turn them off. I don't decide, hey, I'm going to start speaking in tongues right now. No, I don't do that. I'm not the giver of the gift. I don't even, listen to me, I don't own the gift. I'm a steward of a gift. So I don't have the power, same thing goes with prophecy, I can't just turn it on and say, well, now it's time to prophesy. Hold on a second. That's witchcraft. That's not the spirit of God. And so again, with tongues, it's something that God gives. When you read, read the book of Acts, go through the book of Acts. Those are the places where you see the manifestation in the scriptures, right? You don't, you don't see it anywhere else. Paul talks about it as being a gift. And so it's something that is for the edification, the building up of the church. We'll get into that a little bit more again in, um, in, in chapter 14. And then the last one is the, the, um, the interpretation of tongues. And it's funny about the interpretation of tongues because we don't have a biblical example of this anywhere. There's no example in the scriptures where somebody speaks in tongues and then someone by the gift interprets it. The things that we see in the book of Acts is this, is we see people speaking in tongues and they were speaking in the languages that others were speaking. That's not interpretation. That's just them knowing a language. When they heard it, they're like, hold on a second, that's my language. And they heard the praises of God. We don't have, we, we, but again, 1 Corinthians 14, when we get there, we'll talk about this a little bit more. But again, it's the ability not to, listen, not to necessarily translate word for word, but it's the interpretation. God's showing, okay, so someone is speaking in tongues. And again, we'll talk about this, how it should be manifested in the church. Speaking in tongues and then somebody interpreting it. So that's, so again, that's the reason why there, there has to be order when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. Now, we'll wrap this thought up, verse 11. But one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Notice, he gives them as he wills, not as we want. Listen, I could want to speak in tongues all day long. If that's not the gift God has for me, I'm not going to have that. I could want to prophesy all that I want, and if that's not the gift has for me, I'm not going to do that. I could, listen, I could want to see God healing and miracles and, and faith, and if that is not the gift God has for me, it's not going to happen. Because it's not my will. Remember, I'm not the builder. You're not the builder. He is. He knows what is needed. What we should do is we should say, God, these gifts are for your church today. And so whether you heal through me or you heal through somebody else, Lord, let healing power manifest in the church. Whether we need faith, we, we need to believe, God, whether you give it to me or so, Lord, let faith arise in your church. Raise up people. Lord, people need to hear from you, not from man. Lord, let your prophetic utterances come forward. Speak to us as you will. And so here's the question that we have to ask ourselves. How has God gifted me? That's the question you got to ask yourself. How is it that God has gifted you? How has he gifted you? Because here's the reason why this is so important. Spiritual gifts, the spiritual gifts that we have been entrusted with help us determine where and how the Lord desires us to serve in the body. You see, if I, if I didn't have the gifts that God has given me, I have no business being up here preaching and teaching God's word. 
I have no business leading in a shepherding role if God has not given me those gifts, right? So, so you'll know by, look, you, you may be, again, you may be a person who you are just, and there are some of you that are extremely blessed. We feel the blessing of the Lord. I know I make jokes, but I'm, I want to be serious for a moment. Like we feel the blessing of the Lord when you invite us into your home because you are such an anointed host. And just by you being hospitable, just in that, God can use that to bring glory to his name and to even bring people closer to him. But we minimize that. Like, oh, that's not a big deal. No, that is a huge deal. That is part of what God uses in order to build his church. And when we say build his church, we're not talking about trying to add numbers to a group. We're talking about building the lives of the people God calls his. So my closing question for today is this. Are you using your gifts to serve God's purpose in his body? Are you using your gifts to serve God's purpose in his body? body. And listen, if you're not, there shouldn't be condemnation over that. You should feel compelled. God, I want to be part of your building plan. Give me the boldness. Give me the wisdom. Give me the courage to put my hands to the plow and serve you faithfully. If you are serving, maybe you're a little tired. And I pray that God breathes fresh wind upon you this morning. Hallelujah. And maybe you don't know where you're gifted. Maybe you're not sure. We pray that God will show you where it is that he has, has gifted you. I want you to bow your heads if you would, please. If you, would you just stand with me as we come before the Lord? Holy Spirit, we need you. You've given us gifts to display yourself through us. Lord, forgive us for doubting. Forgive us for holding back. Forgive us for sitting on our gifts rather than using them for your glory, God. Father, I pray that you will strengthen those who are serving, those who are tired, those who are weary. Lord, we just pray that you would strengthen them. 
God, as they use their gifts for your kingdom purposes and building your church, Lord, they would sense the breath of heaven in them, that they would know the joy of serving you, God. I pray, Father, for those in this room that are not even sure where you have gifted them, how you have gifted them, that may be confused, dear God. <clears throat> they may not know, may not even think that you've given them anything. Lord, may you show it to them in this moment. And if not in this moment, Lord God, sometime in, in, in the near future, would you just show them this is how, this is the gift that you have given them or the gifts that you have given them, Lord? Father, I pray for anyone in this place that does not have a relationship with you, that has not received the greatest and most important gift, and that is the one of salvation. Lord, for anyone who has not bowed their knees or bowed their hearts to you, would they humble themselves today before you, God? Lord, I pray they would cry out to you, Lord, to save them, to bring them into a relationship with you, to forgive them of their sin, Lord God. I pray that you would draw them to yourself today. Lord, and I pray for us as a church, Lord, may we be faithful in the employment of your gifts for your service, God. Again, Lord, I, I just ask, may you manifest your gifts through us for the profit of all. Lord, we worship you. Can we just worship him for a moment, just in your own words? Just worship him. Just praise him. Let's just thank him for the gifts that he's given us. Thank him for his son. Thank him for entrusting us with gifts to serve his church. Hallelujah. 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 We worship you, Lord. We thank you for your gifts, God. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying, for rising again. Thank you, Jesus, for disarming our enemy against our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you do, for all that you have done. Holy Spirit, thank you today for being present with us. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you thanks. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.